to Wonderfully Done, a wholesome show about sex, communication, and loving yourself. You're listening to Lauren. And now you're listening to Vix. How lucky you are! <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so who are we? We are two queer, cool babes that live in Melbourne, Australia. And honestly, we're just kind of a little bit obsessed with all things sex, sensuality, communication, people, friendship, love, mazin. You know, we love it all and we talk about it all the time. So what better to do with that than publish our conversations on the internet? What? The two questions that we have for you today will be covering showing appreciation for fat babes without being a big old creepy creep and how to bring up a friends with a benefit offer. So what we've put together with Wonderfully Done, the mission and the vision is that we want to be your sex posse friends that you feel like you can talk to, you can ask us questions, you can share insecurities, curiosities and more. So we try and make this as much of a shame-free zone as possible. We will uh, gently support people to question assumptions or give feedback, but we're really not trying to shame anyone. And also we're actively doing this to work on our own shame because there is just not enough conversations about sex that it isn't a race to try and be the sexiest or be super arousing. Like we just want this to be a friendly pal time conversation. We are not here to get you horny. So it's important to know that we are not professionals, we are not psychologists or counsellors, we're not your doctor. If we have brought up anything that raises a curiosity for you, or it's a jumping off point for more research, or you feel like getting some help and support or having a conversation with a professional, we think that that is awesome. So Vix, what do we have for the first question? Right. Dear Wonderfully Done, how can I show my appreciation for fat girls without making it seem like a fetish and without turning into curvy wife guy in bunny quotations? So for the listeners at home, curvy wife guy was something that happened on Instagram back in 2017, where there was a dude who posted a photo with his wife on a beach, arms around each other. And he was saying, you know, I love my curvy wife. And then he immediately went into how he was teased by his friends as a teenager for being into bigger women and stuff like that. And the internet initially was really supportive of this guy, you know, 11,000 comments like, wow, where can I get one? Blah, blah, blah. And then when Huffington Post covered it or BuzzFeed covered it, the internet kind of turned on him a bit and people were like making memes to be like, the, the standard for men is so low. This guy is literally just saying he's attracted to his wife. His wife is midsize. He's made this about him and how he got bullied for this thing and just basically kind of making making fun of him again. So I can totally understand that this listener's like, how do I make it not about me or how do I not get ridiculed for the way that I will try to express my desire for curvy women? So... That is the, um, saved you a Google there, everybody, on what the, the, the curvy wife guy situation really is. Yeah, and it's a funny one, right? Because it's like, in parts of it, like, I don't hate that that uh, hearing, you know, a, a general dude, like, talk about the shame that, that does come around preferences and having a preference for fat women, like, like that as its own thing without kind of also trying to make it a, like, 
yay, I love my fat wife. Like, it's good. But of course, curvy, because it's not cool to say fat. (laughs) I don't know. So it's like, I I feel like it could have been cool if the context was different. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And that's that's a big part of what we're going to talk about is that you can express desires and you can have preferences, but expressing those preferences or speaking to the person that has these attributes you like, not making it just about you is a really big part of not making it creepy or doing objectifying stuff. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like I always think of one of like, you know, being a fat woman. So, you know, I got some some fat titties, y'all. And like people see those fat titties and they're like, especially when I was a bit younger and they, they want to fucking put their, their dick between them. And I'm just like, wow, that just, ooh, okay. And so, you know, I, I'd, I've awkwardly gone along with it many, many more times than I'd like to admit in my young years and just, just really like, wow. It's just like nothing to do was nothing to do with this was about me as a human being, me as a part of this sexual act. It was just kind of like gratifying their desire to put their dick between some fat titties like and didn't feel that good, you know, (laughs) both physically and emotionally. (laughs) Yeah, there's a really big part where, you know, and I would really love Vix if you could talk about this a little bit more, but like when someone's willing to like celebrate you or be horny for you in private, but they're not in public or not like the, it's like establishing respect and horny are like two different things. And if the person is like, I'm horny for big bodies, but I don't respect big bodies, that's like a huge problem and like a huge red flag. And like, does this person express support for diverse body types not in the horny space, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, I think it was like definitely like more problems, I guess, when I was a bit, I was a bit younger. Cause like, honestly, like as I've gotten a bit older, um, a bit more grown up and I guess the, uh, the people around me have perhaps gotten a bit grown up cause I always sort of seem to sort of date in my general sort of age bucket, but it truly has felt like to me, like people in general seem to feel less ashamed of having like an attraction to me or a preference around me like I feel like I used to find it harder to sort of like match people or or meet people not that like you know I will be honest I would never say that I've had terrible problems like having people be interested in me like that that, that's kind of been like a bit of a mainstay I guess the thing that has changed is it's like more people that I'm attracted to are into me and and yeah I guess kind of more public about it like I definitely feel especially when I was a teenager and in my early 20s and stuff so many of my interactions were kind of a bit more private or one night stand Uh, and and I really did have some really deep feelings sort of around like well, I'm lucky that I can get this. Like I had a lot of hangups with like, well, what I can't, you, you know, there's some pretty classic tropes out there where it's like, yeah, fuck fat girls. Like they try harder. And you know what? I did. <laughs> I tried really hard, you know, and it, I, I feel like that's an interesting, like growing perspective on its own is kind of like being a hypersexual person. And, and that's just, it's who I am and who I've always been. 
but I think there were definitely times where it felt like like that's all I really had to offer because these people could overlook my fat body so it's kind of it's kind of difficult right because they're really deeply intertwined of the the other person's shame mixed with your shame coming together and like shame vortex (laughs) yeah and having to hold shame for like their shame as well so it's kind of like you're like double timing which like gave me so much guilt and anxiety um like you know I truly I worried so much of four four partners that I've had and felt guilty and ashamed that they had to be seen with me you know like I remember this one time distinctly meeting a partner's friends and um and I was terrified you know because because of these very specific fears and um when I wasn't present like one of his friends did say some really like gross fat phobic yucky things about me um and credit to my partner at the time he dropped that friend like a ton of bricks and like this was only one of the uh, this was very very early into our relationship um yeah so <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's hard too right when you you like have all the shame and hang-ups but then the stuff is like it comes true you know like people yelling it always always been yelling at you on the street like I you know I've been like you know, you're just like minding your business and like walking down the street and somebody's like, you know, fuck you, you fucking fat bitch. And you're like, what? Like, I'm just like walking around, just like living or just, you know, people like yelling at you outside of cars and just, you know, all sorts of different stuff like that. And I don't know, like, I, <laughs> it just even in this moment of saying stuff out, out loud like this, it's like, do they hate fat women? And they're like, fuck you for existing. Are they angry at themselves? Because maybe they find fat women attractive secretly inside and just want to like you know I don't know prove it to themselves that it's disgusting like who's to know like the way attraction works in people's heads is uh, weird (laughs) and um especially when people try and repress and control um I I guess I was gonna say you know their 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 natural urges or where their kind of brain takes them to but you know there's also a whole lot of interesting stuff around um people being more attracted to things that they're more familiar with so I don't know I don't know if that really answers your question (laughs) yeah there's there's so many layers to it because some people wonder like well is my preference for a certain type of body does it count as a fetish Is it a problem? Is it disrespectful? And I think there's a thousand different ways for you to express desire for something in a way that isn't disrespectful and doesn't project insecurity. And if this listener has any internalized fat phobia or has insecurity about their desire for bigger bodies or bigger women, it's totally imperative that they work that out with a therapist, with a sex therapist, themselves because you know me having been a person not to equate gender with body type but even for me being involved with women that are still having a full-on crisis about their sexuality and me trying to do that emotional labor which then just whips up my guilt of all the sexual contact we had and everything else it's just like it's not a good time for anybody who's involved and you shouldn't have to do emotional labor 
or education or healing for someone's insecurity for desiring something about you. So oh, yeah. I can't do suck. that work for somebody. I really can't. Like, if you can't very proudly, like, be attracted to my body as it actually is now, like, like you, you've got to go, pal. Like, we can't be doing that. I think, um, I think, you know, <laughs> around talking about fetishes, it's kind of like, I feel like the weirdness really sort of like intensifies too when something could be perceived as a, as a fetish about a particular body part or thing about you. And especially when it's something that you personally don't like about yourself or don't find attractive, you know, like something in times gone by I honestly, I didn't believe that I was sexy. I didn't believe that I was hot. Like for me, it it really felt like people taking pity on me or, you know, that, you know, people will just fuck anything sometimes, you know, and I guess I could be one of those anythings, but, um, I just, yeah, I just didn't believe it could happen outside of my pretty face or cause that's really, you know, whenever I would talk about being fat, like yeah people are like but you're but you've got such a beautiful face and you're like yep true (laughs) (laughs) one thing I would say is that if you come into a relationship thinking that you're special for liking this thing that society otherwise thinks is not on you just gotta like leave that at the door like because I definitely like I was involved with someone that was like like kudos to them they asked if they could like grab my stomach while we were having sex and just like hold it and I was like no I'm actually not comfortable with that and they were then like definitely disappointed that I wasn't facilitating that like I wasn't willing to facilitate that and they kind of like wanted brownie points for being into that and I was like nah nah (laughs) no oh no I don't like that Jesus like I feel oh man even talking about tummies during sex is such an interesting one right like I've definitely gone from like yeah I think I would literally probably like die on the spot before like this or last year if, if anyone had touched my tummy but then also I feel like it further like the disassociation and uh, you know separation from tummy is also intensified by the people by the the fact that people kind of just pretend it's not there so it's like there's this like (laughs) large zone of your body where it's just like no hands no touching no sensuality (laughs) for you you're a bad body part and we're just it's the unspoken law that we pretend that you're not here (laughs) which is you know very tricky on its own whereas now I'm like yeah touch it (laughs) get in there which is nice what a full circle moment (laughs) I mean it is weird in that we do come into sexual contact with a whole bunch of assumptions like I definitely come into contact with someone with assumptions about what they will and won't like me to touch and that's you know it's really good if you're able to check that you know and not just touch somewhere without asking especially if it's something that you understand that there could be triggers around it or are socialized to be sensitive around it but especially like if you have curiosity or if you're in an established long-term relationship, maybe try and sit down and talk about touching unusual parts of each other's bodies like during during sex or makeouts and things like that and just get a little bit more unexpected or sensual, you know, a little bit more creative if you have that pre-established trust. But if it's just a hookup, you know, maybe... Uh, uh, I wouldn't say keep to the basics without communicating about it, but maybe don't pull any odd moves and definitely don't come into anything being like, I'm special because I like big women because that yeah. is super lame. 
I feel like I like I do like to, you know, I set up a lot of my, I guess, more casual encounters like on the Internet. So, I, you know, one of my prefacing questions, because, you know, a key reason I'm there is to fuck. So I like to ask, how do you like to be touched? Where do you like especially, you know, what makes you feel really good and and get some of that, like, I guess, inspiration and insight off the bat. Like, because, you know, I'm not going to say every person that likes X is going to like Y, but, you know, when you when you sleep around enough, you'll find there's a lot of correlations between <laughs> different different kind of groupings of um, that sort of stuff. I think I think part of this question that I found interesting is kind of like, I'm very curious what, like, show, show my appreciation, like, actually means. Like, is this talking about in dating and interpersonal relationships like friendships or uh, are you talking about online interactions or or what sort of context like do you feel you need to show this kind of like outward support I guess Mm. does that make sense because the listener might be thinking oh well I hear my female friends talking down about their bodies and I want to say that I find it attractive as a supportive thing and I totally get what they'd be going for if that's something that brought this up for them I would say that if you do have a friend that's talking down about a body part or a body type that you personally really like it's really important to establish that they are central in their experience to say well you know, that's really hard that you're not having the best relationship with your body right now. How you feel about your body is really important. You know, if it if it helps, you know, I find all kinds of body types attractive and I find larger body types attractive. Not to like, you know, tell your friend, just so you know, I think that you're really hot because that could cross a boundary. <laughs> and you should definitely be careful if you have like co-worker relationships or where that might be coming from. But that's one realm. If you're in the realm of like someone on a dating app asks you what you like about them and you want to say, I absolutely love your body, just make it about them. Don't make it about the whole category, I would say. Yeah, like specifically, like, you know, your lovely bodacious hips or I don't know. I'm trying to think. I feel like whenever people compliment bits of my body on apps, I'm like, this is disappointing. I prefer to show my nudes to, you know, friends and stuff at times, to be honest, because you're like, the feedback loop is so much nicer. Like I shared some nudes with Lauren last night and she gave me beautiful feedback and then I felt great. Like, <laughs> and They were amazing nudes. Girls, gays and theys. It was a wonderful time. I think that's really important what you mentioned there around the the person whose feelings actually matter the most like when they're feeling a bit off about their body or they're putting themselves down it's like somebody's own feelings are you know the 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 primary important feelings like and it's really nice that you find fat bodies attractive and that you might sort of like want to you know sort of really Im- impress that to sort of like remind them but yeah it's kind of got to be outside of being pleasing for others to to find the comfort you know and I feel like that's such a it's such a strong fallback that people have right because that's that's like what you should be in this world is like fuckable or attractive to people to others where it's like I feel like the main point of attractiveness that is key is like finding yourself attractive (laughs) 
and that being super important. And for this listener, like, it's great that you want to uh, express appreciation in a way that doesn't add harm. I think that's a really good thing. I think it's really good that you're thinking about it and you're mindful that it can be done well and it can be done poorly. So definitely support you for questioning those things. And I would just uh, and I would just basically say that privately, you know, privately having these feelings or these conversations is great, but please add to it by pushing back against fat phobia hyperjudgmentaling hyperjudgmentaling <laughs> and making a woman's attractiveness central to her value and everything like please just push back against that in broader parts of your life not just the sexual and romantic not just the horny times as well so shut it down whenever you see it and the reason to do it is not because it's actually hot just because it's actually just bullshit whether it's hot to you or not yeah it's just it's just like crappy crappy reducing people and their possibilities to what the shape of of their body is you know like and because I think I think it is important to say like it actually is um really wonderful to to be with people who you know and trust are genuinely really turned on by your body like having a partner like that for me you know at a time where I was already doing a lot of personal work so you know it what it isn't just like hello my fat friends get like a, a fatty lover and like life will be good it's like that the, the two things coming together of like me really like learning to not not just like body positivity stuff like the real like body neutrality finding my own beauty my own comfort in myself starting to you know well stopping from disassociating with my body as frequently and then coupling that with meeting somebody who I actually believed you know and it and that's a really hard one too, like when to, to break through, I think, and trust that people find you genuinely attractive. And I think it's, you know, I've talked with that partner a lot actually about, you know, being that they date a lot of women that are fat, they run up to against a lot of the same problems around the self-esteem stuff. Like we're all sitting in such similar boats, I think, feeling so isolated, but so many of the aspects of the experiences are, are very, very, very similar. Um, something that I do personally where I'm trying to validate, do I trust that this person is genuinely interested in me and genuinely like finds me attractive. Like I, I do ask people things like, are you usually, you know, attracted to fat women, fat bodies, like, um, you know, common sort of replies in this vein are like, I like curvy girls. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fat. <laughs> but yeah. Are you brave enough to use this language? <laughs> yeah. Uh, people seem to still be really, really afraid of the word fat. Um, and you know, I get a bit of like, you know, I don't pick people by body type like I think I mean it's hard to say right um I also know there's a lot of things with especially things like apps where people just swipe everyone but like I like to think that people who are generally attracted to me I'm not sure that it's my fatness that they're attracted to I feel like I feel like it's my vibe <laughs> as such like I think I have a really cool sense of style that's like a little bit unique not unique on the internet, you know, but like unique in the general world life place. Um, and, and I think I come across as, uh, like quite confident and, um, 
powerful. So I find people that kind of want to be a little bit dominated in some way, shape or form are like, hello, <laughs> how, how do you do my fair lady? And then I'm like, oh no, you talk like it's internet the year 2002, please go away. <laughs> but um, I also think it's helpful too about talking about liking or loving people without reducing it to sort of like the fat aspects of your body. You know, like she... I mean, talking about women in general, to be quite frank, she is super smart. Like, her wit is so quick. Like, she's sassy as fuck and really keeps me on my toes. She's very powerful. Um, She makes me feel safe. Like, you make life feel exciting. Your creativity inspires me and wows me. Like, there's so many sort of... um, I don't know, ways to describe people. And I guess that's the heart of what happens here with fetishizing a body, right? Where it's like, you're not a person, you just happen to be like a fat vessel, but like you're, you're a person, <laughs> like a, a three-dimensional person. <laughs> you're an entire person. And I would summarize by this listener, just keeping the whole person in mind and just putting them and their comfort first and how they think about themselves first and their own interest second while still knowing that it's extremely okay for them to to be attracted to them you've just got to navigate it in a way that is okay for the person and society has made that really hard for you and for that individual in a whole lot of ways so it's all very very understandable but getting specific practicing uh keeping a door open so that someone can give you feedback on a compliment and let you know if it was kind of out of line and not not totally shutting that down. All of these are really good things to do and to push back against fat phobia in all facets of of your life. But dear listener, we support you. We hope that you can practice respectfully appreciating uh, beautiful, uh, curvy or actively fat ladies. Okay, so dear wonderfully done. Big fan of the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, My question is, how do I approach a pal with a friends with benefits proposal without being decimated from embarrassment? Thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a lovely day. So, dear listener, it is not possible to absolutely guarantee that there will be no embarrassment or discomfort when you're doing such a vulnerable ask, such as approaching this kind of conversation. Straight off the bat, something that gives it uh, a little bit of a constraint and something that helped me was to conceptualize it to say, I'm going to reach out with a message or a conversation or something where I'm just saying, would you like to have a conversation sometime about a potential friends with benefits arrangement? Because I think you're really attractive and I think we could explore some stuff there. And all you're doing is saying that you would like to have a conversation about it instead of, do you want a friends with benefits relationship? Because that felt like offering my entire self up on a plate way too much instead of, do you feel like it would be okay to have a conversation about this? And that really brought down the sphere of it a lot and helped it feel a little bit less ride or die for me. Yeah, no, I'm like, is this question answered? Like, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy in any way, shape or form, because you're like, I I feel attracted to this person. I'd really like a little bit of smoochie. I want to touch that boob, want to touch that butt, whatever. And then the idea of like, what if I make them uncomfortable? What if they say no? And the whole idea of like a decline and then I've made it all awkward. Like those can be super 
um, upsetting kinds of things. Uh, there's a lot of different layers to that that I want to to get into. Uh, as we've talked about with flirting, I think it's really important for it to be clear that you do not disrespect and you will not be angry and you will not be judgmental to a person that's like, oh, you know, actually I don't feel like having that conversation or I don't see us that way or I'm not looking for that right now and for that to be okay because that's where the hurt feelings come from, I think, a lot of the time. Because someone might decline for a million reasons. It might be like, look, no, I'm actually just looking for just a monogamous long-term relationship or I'm too busy with work or I just don't really see us that way or you're not my type or, you know, I'm undergoing treatment for cancer I didn't tell you about. <laughs> like, There's just like a million reasons why someone might not want something that you're offering and it doesn't mean that you're a horrible, ugly cretin that no one could ever love, but I know that it can like feel that way. So practicing knowing that a decline doesn't mean that you are a low value human, but it's as much about or probably more about what they've got going on. Yeah, I think it's very easy to sort of internalize a no as meaning a whole lot of things that it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean. Like, we're all, you know, the protagonist of of our movie movie storyline. There's lots of NPCs, there's lots of um, supporting characters, and it's just, it's kind of too hard to know the extent of that. Like, I think it's with anything, like, I don't know like what kind of relationship y'all have at the moment or the depth of that or how long it's kind of been around for. Like, I think, I think just as like a good thing to do is like having a good hard think about why it would be like embarrassing. Like, is this, is it because of the sort of like potential of ego being shot down that they might not find you sexually attractive or are you worried other friends will find out about it and, and, think differently of you you know there's I think that that's an interesting thing to think about like would you think it was embarrassing if you knew a friend of yours had asked a friend this and and then it hadn't gone ahead like where is that coming from you know if you bring it up to someone and they make you feel really embarrassed for respectfully trying to offer a conversation about this, that's them being a jerk or like that's them projecting. So if you really come out of the situation feeling like you've been shamed by them or they want you to feel embarrassed or think you should feel embarrassed or do things that would bring up embarrassment for you, like going public about it or anything, that's them being a jerk and it's not your fault. Uh, but, you know, I understand just the internal vulnerability of, oh, I offered a bit of myself and it's not what someone wants and that being super fragile is really hard. And that's part of why things like dating, speed dating, flirting with friends, having conversations about potential friend with benefit arrangements that might be as simple as, can I practice dating with you? Can we just have a makeout relationship? Like practicing those things proves to your body and your system that the embarrassment doesn't kill you as well. Like you will develop a bit more resilience uh, by practicing that stuff because it can be mortifying. It can be white hot embarrassing when all sorts of things happen in relationships or between certain different people and practicing it will teach your body that it doesn't make you die and that it's survivable. And then the sting doesn't last as long next time. Ah. Uh. <laughs> 
I'm just laughing at myself for all the different situations that I throw myself into and all of the, the wildly different things that you've never expected could happen did happen. And yeah, and how there were moments where you, you yeah, it, <laughs> body just felt like it was going to die. And like, how, how could we ever recover from this? Like... I, wow, yep, so many explanations, but the beauty of it is you can survive, and, like, it will be okay, and, like, I think it's just also interesting to just think about, you know, like, how, like, how important is this relationship to you, you know, like, what part does it play in your life, what's your, like, wider, like, friend ecosystem, and and how those go together, like, do you think they're, like, adult enough to have this kind of conversation with you I mean I'd hope so because if if you're trying to you know it sounds like friends with benefits we can assume this is sexual contact right is the is the unspoken benefit of being a friend with a, a benefit which <laughs> oh I feel like there's got to be a better name for this you know <laughs> I know like sexy friends or whatever the situation is it's like yeah it's I don't love the friends with benefits term, but no, I hate- if you're talking... Oh, sorry. I just hate when people won't say what it is, you know? It just reminds me of people on dating apps who are like, I'm looking for some heavy wink fun. <laughs> uh, what, does that, what does that mean? And really thinking about who is this person to you, I think my advice would definitely be if someone is very important to you, if the friendship is hugely important to you or it's a big part of your actual support network, I would not recommend reaching out about changing the nature of the relationship in that way, especially if you are unpracticed in it, especially if there's vulnerability, because if it does go shit sideways and it might, or it might just be awkward uh, and you have, you know, and you've dinged that really important support relationship, you can isolate yourself. And often, you know, for me in personal experience, when you blend when you blend certain kinds of sexual contact or renegotiate boundaries with someone who's extremely emotionally intimate with you already, it's like, what is the difference between this and dating? Because we're already super emotionally involved and now we've also included sex and what is happening here. Whereas it can be different to be like, you're someone I see a few times a year. How about I see you a few times a year and we put your boob in my mouth? Like, because that will not cost you dramatically in terms of your support system if they're like, no, or they turn out to be terrible and then you want to yeet right out of there, which also might happen. They might disappoint you. It's not always that you were going to disappoint them. So, you know, working on the self-esteem so you don't assume that you're the one who's going to lose out in this relationship, I think is important too. Yeah, I think we all like to think we have a lot more control over situations that we do but the only are the only person's like thoughts and desires that you truly intimately know and, and know in a very honest context I mean if if you're honest with yourself it's hard I feel like we're all as honest with ourselves as we have the skills to be <laughs> and it's it's a process um I, I guess you can control how you react to said possible embarrassment <laughs> Because, like, it's totally going to be okay to, like, step away and, and lick your wounds, you know? And probably less okay to, like, act out or, or be nasty. Like, probably less good, you know? <laughs> 
Definitely. And I think this listener should definitely ask themselves, have they had casual sex before? Have they had good casual sex before? If you haven't, it's probably worthwhile practicing how, or at least part of how you might experience casual sex to do with like going and seeing a professional because some people will have a sexual experience and be like, oh, actually emotional bonding is a huge part of my sexual experience. And so friends with benefits where I can't emotionally engage or it doesn't feel like a dating experience actually makes me feel bad uh or you know friends with benefits is because i can't get them to date me which is like a really dangerous whole different area that you also don't want it to be because a good uh relationship with a sexy friend should be one where you know both of you are happy with the arrangement it's not trying to turn it into something more um to share for myself like i definitely slid into the DMs of someone who was a mutual friend who, you know, like I had like followed on Twitter and I'd met in person a couple of times, but not even one-on-one. And I just ended up DMing them and being like, you know what? I just want you to know that like, I think you're really attractive and I'm in this open relationship. Let me know if you ever want to catch up and just make out sometime. Cause I think you're really attractive and no worries. If not, you know, just wanted you to just wanted you to know I think you're really cool and attractive. And I kind of just like left it at that. That ended up working really well for me. And like we did fool around. Then eventually we mutually decided that, you know, to make it a relationship because it's what we both wanted. But it doesn't have to go that way. It doesn't have to linearly progress into dating. And, you know, and it could have just been a couple of hookups and, and been fine and good anyway. And I chose that channel because I was like, I'm going to make it clear that this person can say no. I feel more comfortable doing it with tech and with messaging, which some people would say, you know, you're a coward. And I'd be like, sure, I definitely am. (laughs) I definitely am a part-time coward. But that ended up working out. And that person was happy to get that contact and would have taken it as a compliment, even if they hadn't been interested in the smooches. So, you know, you can do it and you can pick the channel that you feel comfortable in and try crafting you know, crafting the message as well as, as you can. Man, that's actually still something that I struggle with is like how to, like, I think I feel guilty when my desires doesn't, don't match somebody else's. And, and sometimes I feel like I really, I really don't know how to reply when people kind of like express their interests that I'm not interested in. Like, um, some people will sometimes they've seen me on Twitter a lot. So then they'll like write me messages on things like, okay, Cupid or, you know, that's happened like many, many, many times now. Oh, whoa. <laughs> um, or uh, somebody recently um, had seen me on a dating website and then gone and add my personal social media and then asked me out over my personal social media, which I, I didn't really vibe either. I guess th- these are like slightly different because they're like, they're not super intimate friendships like they're kind of like more the earlier examples especially like gentle gentle online sort of friendship relationships but um even then I'm like if I feel that level of kind of like oh <laughs> yeah um yeah it just makes me nervous uh, <laughs> I don't know how helpful I can be there because I still have a lot of my own work to do <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like the two. It's not like they're this perfect, beautiful person, and you are the hot mess. And how dare you approach them? Like you're just gonna try your best to express some interest and hope that the other person can compassionately and honestly engage with you. And I would just say, you know, because these arrangements can be a bit unusual, just make it about catching up and talking about what it could look like, or just catching up to be like. Let's just catch up and have a drink and see if we just have any kind of chemistry once we've actually both got this in our mind and then go home separately and talk about it if it's too confronting to be there in the moment and talk it out there. Because I was like, I'm, I'm a nerd. I, ca- I can totally understand it being too confronting to speak in real time on, you know, socialized as a woman who's not supposed to say no or put boundaries up in person and things like that. So sometimes I'm like, cool, let's have a whole drink and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to think about it and then I'll call you <laughs> or I'll think about it and then message you uh, once once I'm not in the space with you. Because when I'm in the space with a person, it can be really hard for me to, to yeah, like put boundaries up. So, you know, I would just say to to wrap this up, you know, it's very okay for you to be interested in in a slightly different dynamic with a friend or to get sexy with a friend, but what does that look like? You know, what does a good friends with benefit relationship look like to you? Honestly, do you want to date them? Like, is this generally the dynamic that you want? Maybe think about seeing a professional to experience casual sex or have some other kind of casual sex rather than with someone that you otherwise care about in some way. Choose your target, wrong word, but, you know, choose the person that you're going to give this attention to in a very uh, thoughtful way to think, is this inappropriate because of power levels, because of my work, because of how close the relationship is? Do they need me? Is there any obligation there? All that kind of stuff. And work on just making it about a little offer instead of the entirety of your soul and value and ego is up on an altar that they can shove off if they don't want. <laughs> so, all right, we're done with questions for day today. And now it's time to do a little bit of Lenny Lane, which I know everyone's always excited for. I'm actually genuinely pretty excited about it this week. I have learned nothing in the last week. So we're going to be <laughs> hearing about something very interesting from Lauren. But uh, Lenny Lane, if you don't know, is where we talk about shit we've learned about and that we think is cool and we share it with you because we're cool like that and we love to share. So Lauren, without further ado, would you please tell me about what you learned about this week? So I listened to an episode uh, from the Future of Sex podcast, which is an interesting podcast looking at all kinds of different things. And I think our listeners might find a lot of it very intriguing. But they had this episode that was on sex in space. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I'm just listening to it in the background while driving. But then it was really interesting because they talked a lot about... Uh, The fact that none of the space agencies that are out there have admitted or have reported or posted any data around anything to do with masturbation or sex in space, to the the best of my knowledge. And that that's really interesting because we've had lots of people in space spending lots of time in space and many, many people are horny. And so looking at what might have happened or been attempted that we don't know about 
Or is the situation with zero gravity actually just so non-conductive to any amount of physical arousal that people are unable to? Like there's there's so much out there that's just super unknown. So a lot of citizen scientists or sexologists or sociologists have put a lot of effort into trying to understand how could sex in space work? Uh, how can we try and manage the effect of zero gravity and just the social psychological effects of being in space and being in spaceships and close quarters and extended periods of time? And so sociologists that do research on conditions on Earth that are similar, so things like astronautic folks training deep in a cave or deep in a desert or in a confined internal facility for days or weeks or months, a lot of the time sex happened, you know, in those situations and those don't have zero gravity, but that was the only difference. So a lot of the sexologists are like, people will absolutely be attempting this. So what is happening that's making it not happen? Or, you know, is it just too not family friendly or too inappropriate to scientifically document? And there's things with zero gravity like um, Newton's third law of physics. Sorry, scientists that are probably jumping up and down because I'm saying it wrong. But the whole idea of any action has an equal and opposite reaction. And when you don't have gravity, that means that, you know, I'm thrusting into someone and I get thrown across the room in an anti-gravity situation unless I'm able to strap myself to the person or strap myself to a wall or something to try and anchor. I might have to Velcro my partner to the wall so they don't fly off. Like all these interesting, like amusing um, concepts to entertain. And even just the idea of like with fluid, whether the fluid is like ejaculate or like, you know, (laughs) someone getting aroused if you try and pour out a bottle of water in zero gravity the water all stays around the the point that you've poured from so just being like with arousal if there's no gravity will will a pussy get wet <laughs> will like what will happen and then apparently there's some data to say that you know people with a penis up in space will either have significant problems having an erection or experience really strong erections or really random erections because of the way fluid happens in anti-gravity and it does seem like bodies individually react differently so just even finding this area of super unexplored, literally unexplored potentially areas and how much different porn companies are trying to bid to record sex in space is really, really fascinating. The only thing I would say is that in that Future of Sex episode, they had someone that was talking about looking at times of crisis and like content warning, talking about a sexual assault And I really wasn't okay with the way that this person was talking about um, sexual assault happening in war zones and conflict areas and things. And I felt really upset by that section. But uh, but the first 20 minutes or so were quite good. I'm glad the first bit was good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's really interesting, right? All of the different areas like of life where they're sanitized from um, like sex or sensuality uh, being a part of them. It, it, like people can eradicate that from the human experience. And it's so fucking weird. <laughs> I can't imagine going up into space and being stuck there for ages and not have not massing anymore. I just, I don't know. I don't, how would you get through? Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, even as a, a a great little sleepy time measure, you know, it's like a very powerful tool to have in one's, um, 
arsenal and connecting with yourself and your body and and even if it means that people that don't experience sexual desire or don't want to masturbate or don't want to have sex are great candidates for space travel we love and we respect that but then when we're looking at future space colonization or if we're looking at possibilities of procreation which obviously that we do not center that when it comes to you know, sex and sexuality, but all of these things mean that the scientific world is genuinely looking into it because for sex to be possible, for sex to be pleasurable, for sex to be something that's fertile, like those are things that science has a, it would behoove them to figure it out or to research it. And it seems like a really difficult area to research. So very, very fascinating. Man, people don't say behoove enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I loved it when I was taught it and now I really try and try and work it in there just whip it out <laughs> I like it because I'm watching Sabrina at the moment so you know Lucifer's in it a lot at the moment so seeing a lot of clumpy clumpy little feet <laughs> just hooving around um <clears throat> lovely good let's move on Beautiful. <laughs> so we always like to wrap up our episodes with with a weekly wonderful which the listeners have said that they love and care about you know because the world is a wild place so knowing what has rustled our jimmies what we've been enjoying uh so we basically look at weekly wonderful as a place where we chat about something that we've really loved this week or something that we might recommend other people to check out so Vix, what is your weekly wonderful? I got a couple this week. It's 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 been a pretty good week. Like, you know, being back in the world, it's still it's still wowing me every day. Uh, on Friday, I ended up with a cutie partner doing like a spontaneous little Friday night staycation at a local hotel. And it's one of those, you know, whenever you do something last minute, I mean, I feel like for me at least, like things always go like a bit wrong. But I also love how even when things are going a bit wrong, if you've got good company, you can really make a really great laugh out of it. (laughs) We just ended up having a lot of fun. Like part of what we'd wanted to do was um, take some really hot photos together but because of certain people with um, ADHD who have been overburdening themselves, they might have arrived late and then plus the troubles, you know, it had gone quite late and then we had a late dinner. So I was like, is any of this going to happen? But luckily I still got some photos of me taken. So I'm very grateful. But there were some um, very, very like... I've I've been practicing, you know, nude photos of myself for a while now, but this one just felt, this set just felt like some of the most comfortable I've ever been, like just being full on naked and in, in allowing my photo to be taken and just my whole body like unapologetically like being there and not being uh, contorted into positions to hide or obscure different parts of my body that may be my less favorites. Um, but yeah, ugh. There's some really fucking nice snaps. They're those classic where you're like, it's just a tragedy that nobody gets to see these. I mean, some of them, I, I feel like I'm like still erring on oaring, like whether like I'll allow them to be put on the internet. Um, I may, uh, but we, we'll see. Anyway, um, also... My sex toys that I ordered recently finally came in the mail. Like, it's one of those classic, like, that the place was, like, in Melbourne. And then they, like, went to Perth, like, because of the the mail backlog and then came back again. So, usually this joint has, like, two-day shipping. So, I was just like... But anyway, I got these like vibrating anal beads, but they ended up, they look super squishy. 
scary. So I like <laughs> I haven't tried those yet. Um, a little bit too powerful. Like it really looks like you know you're like is this is gonna go up into my stomach. Like what's happening? <laughs> but I also got a um a god what is what is the name did I write this down yeah <laughs> like a Lilo uh Sona 2 clit sucker which um I've used twice now uh both with and without a partner and um wow <laughs> holy holy beans like usually I don't really super care about like different uh you know vibration sucking wiggling motions but Wow, I mean, we're very early into the explorations, but like uh, a lot of these different um, patterns are really making me feel some really special things. And usually I can't like, I don't very frequently come during penetrative sex, even sort of with assistance. It's like really like, you really got to work for it. You know, you're like, okay, oh, we could do this. Like, got to be strong and try really hard. And wow, it just made it so easy. We're like, holy shit, what just happened? Uh, my um, toy of this variety that I had before this, I mean, I still have it, but now it's a number two in the rotation. Um, but that's just the Satisfier Pro 2, which is, you know, a pr- pretty prop popular it's like round about 50 Australian dollars um which I thought was was fabulous but uh wow oh boy I'm male coming on Saturday morning and it being sex toys after like a sexy night away like whoo <laughs> pretty wonderful <laughs> hell yeah it's interesting because when it comes to like you know clit sucking vibrators I would say those are the ones that like get me orgasmic like super quickly depending on what the situation is which sometimes I want sometimes I don't want it's slower with partnered sex and then individually it can be really fast or it can be like too fast to be comfortable I find like I have the one that's got the horrible name womanizer (laughs) but I prefer the womanizer a lot more to the satisfier because like I have both and then the satisfier I'm just like for whatever reason like it can work for me but I don't like it as much as a womanizer and now I'm really curious about the Lilo Sona too that sounds really good and I've really enjoyed uh Lilo toys before so it sounds quite quite fun it's uh you know I'd I'd recommend it so far like I will I will continue some very rigorous testing um (laughs) (laughs) gorgeous well my little uh weekly wonderful is so uh (laughs) I'm I'm about to attempt a very bad pun it's very tame (laughs) 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 because the tv show that I've been watching is called the untamed And so The Untamed is a Chinese fantasy drama that's on Netflix with like really long 45 minute episodes. And it's in this classic fantasy world setting where everything's beautiful, flowing robes, everyone's got long hair, there's like bad magic special effects and things like that. But it is very uh, homo-romantic as a storyline for a whole lot of it. It's about like warring family clans, but there's two dudes in it that are just like obviously kind of obsessed and fascinated with each other and their whole relationship. And it's really interesting to see this come out of China and the way that the fandom and the directors and the wider distribution process has tried to like not semi-censor, but like keep some things pretty tame. So it's maybe ambiguous and people are like, their brother, their soul brothers, or their 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 soulmates instead of just these dudes are just in love with each other kind of thing. So it feels really different to most media I've consumed because I haven't watched a really long form Chinese drama of anything. 
It's excessively pretty men, it's gorgeous interiors, it's quite relaxing to watch, so I quite like just unwinding with it. And it reminds me a lot that context sets the intensity of emotional response. So like I will read like really explicit fan fiction or watch porn or whatever and kind of just be like, yeah, whatever. But then watching this show where someone touching someone else's hand is like, oh my God. And you just, you respond so emotionally or get so emotionally invested because of a long look, you know, and it just reminds you that depending on the context of a relationship you're having or the media you're consuming, you like you're not necessarily totally desensitized to something just being fluffy and romantic and enjoying it. So I have really been enjoying that. That's extremely delightful. Way more than my like <laughs> <laughs> It's not a hierarchy. I am here for all of the things that have been wonderful for us this week. I guess that I, I, I assume this is going to be a shorter one than usual. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but that's all we have time for, you cute little sweethearts. Well, I got to be honest with you. The question bank, you know, there's some there's some moths flying around in there. Uh, so a few little cobwebs. We would love some new material. So if there is something that you've been thinking about, uh, if there's a, a problem that you're knocking up against that you're finding challenging or there's something that you think would be really interesting to hear us talk about, um, please send them along to us. There are a, a few different ways you can do that and by a few I mean two. The first is sliding into our DMs on Twitter. We are at DoneWonderfully. It's the social media platform we are the most responsive on and easiest to get our attention. Or you can send it to us anonymously at curiouscat.qa slash wonderfully done. Wonderfully done can be downloaded wherever you listen to your podcasts, my friend. And hey, you're doing wonderfully. Wonderfully.